Chapter Forty One of the Penny Quicks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Penny Quicks by Sabine Baring Gould. Chapter Forty One, One Pocket Handkerchief. Philip Penny Quick was on his way to Andermatt. He had come to an understanding with Uncle Jeremiah. His comfort, his well-being for the future, depended on Salome. The old man had taken a fancy to spend his winters abroad, and he had no wish to remain tied to his business in smoky Murgatroyd. He was quite ready to make it over to Philip, but then Philip must first be reconciled to his wife and bring her home to hold rule over the house. A Swiss nurse had been found ready to take the child and accompany Philip to Andermatt. Philip did not travel in the same carriage as the nurse and child, but he saw to their lacking nothing. He occupied a compartment of a first-class carriage by himself, and thought a good deal about himself and his wife, and, first, it was particularly annoying to have only one pocket-handkerchief. The strictest inquiries had been made, but not more than the one in use could be discovered. The washerwoman insisted that she had received none, and the housemaid protested that she had given a dozen. Between the two they had disappeared and Philip was obliged to purchase a half-dozen fresh silk ones. He would not buy more because he was resolved to get, with his wife's aid, at the bottom of the mystery, and recover the lost pocket-handkerchiefs, wherever they were. Unfortunately, he was not aware how many he had had originally. But Salome knew. She had taken count of all his clothing, knew the number of his socks, and also of his pocket-handkerchiefs. There was some excuse for the havoc wrought among the former, for the friction of boot-heels and soles does destroy the texture of worsted socks, but no rubbing of noses injures the grain of silk pocket-handkerchiefs. "'I know,' said Philip, as the train drew up at Thionville, "'I know that when one has a cold, the secretion is acrid, but it is not sulfuric acid to burn holes in pocket-handkerchiefs.' "'What?' turn out here and have one's boxes examined i will come to the bottom of that disappearance of pocket-handkerchiefs i am put to intolerable discomfort i hate wiping my nose with silk till it has been washed three or four times and become flexible and has lost its harshness it irritates the mucous membrane i am going through voyez mon billet what nonsense examining one's baggage here Salome will know how many handkerchiefs I had. I am glad I am going to Andermatt. It will set my mind at rest, and I can have these hateful new handkerchiefs washed there. But other matters occupied Philip's mind. He had his wife's letters, the last two, in his pocket, and he reread them. The jolting of the train, the flicker of the light in the lamp overhead, made the reading difficult and predisposed him to take umbrage at her expressions. What especially annoyed him was her praise of her new friend, the American lady, and it gave him satisfaction to conjure up before his imagination the scene of introduction of himself to her, and to picture himself with frigid courtesy looking at her, raising his hat, stiffly bowing, and with cold words giving her to understand that her friendship with his wife was against his wishes and must be discontinued. The places at table d'hote, he supposed, were arranged according to priority. He would inform the waiter that as he came last, all his belongings, 
his wife his sister-in-law and her nieces must relinquish their seats and come down to the end of the table by him that would separate his party from the ambiguous stranger if after dinner she came to speak to his wife he would offer salome his arm and ask her to come a stroll alone with him there were many ways in which this person might be given to understand that she was no longer desired as an associate a feeble sense of pity for her in her confusion at being shaken off stirred in his heart and then died away he had not written to announce his intention of coming with the baby to andermatt he intended to surprise salome there would be something flattering to himself in the change of color the delight that would spring up in her eyes the cry of recognition then the humble hesitation awaiting his permission to spring into his arms throughout the journey philip maintained his connection with the baby though keeping it at a distance as the sun holds the earth and swings it round it but never allows the earth to approach it too closely and as the moon revolves about the earth so did the swiss nurse dance attendance on philip the little rotating also of course about philip the great on board the steamer on the lake philip saw a gentleman in light suit with helmet cap surrounded by a puggaree who attached himself to several groups of tourists and showed them his blackened watch or discoursed on the great evangelist of italy signor count caprilli or on his scheme for rearing mount st bernard dogs he at once recognized the man and he caught the fellow's eye on him but bipo yao made no attempt to renew acquaintance till philip was in a carriage to make the ascent from amsteg by the devil's bridge to andermatt when he jumped into the same vehicle and held out his hand with a boisterous jollity how do you do do penny come quick delighted to see you we'll find my daughter right and flourishing at the hotel imperial of course you go there i was nearly killed at all of the others look at my silver watch-case turned black with sulphuretted hydrogen but of course you go where sal is good girl excellent girl you made a first-rate choice when you took her and you have my blessing mercy on me that is my grandchild i presume to think of it i a grandfather if you will do me a favor my boy you will say nothing about our relationship i don't want to be looked upon as a grandpa bless me at my time of life a grandpa i'll share the carriage with you pay a third no a quarter as you are three self nurse and baby philip became stiff and cold he would not take the hand offered him nor say a word to the man who had so unceremoniously entered his carriage bipol yao alias schofield was by no means disconcerted you will take my card he said then when he saw that philip would not do so but no i will introduce you myself dear son-in-law to the proprietor now do look at this zigzag road i remember seeing a marionette theatre when i was a child and this scene was represented a number of little carriages came running down the zigzag one after another and here it is the same exactly it is worth your looking one two three upon my word there are five carriages and see how the horses tear along and swing round the corners it is worth looking at there are certain insects which when handled become rigid and take all the appearance of sticks 
it was the same with philip the presence the address of this odious man reduced or transmuted him into a bit of stick he sat motionless with his umbrella between his knees his hands resting on the handle his neck stiff and his eyes staring at a couple of buttons of unequal nature at the back of the driver's jacket he did not look at beeple yow nor at the zigzags nor at the descending train of five carriages nor at the wondrous scenery he was greatly incensed it was intolerable that he should meet this man again and that he should be near if not with salome but this was one of the annoyances he must look on as inevitable one that would continually recur really it was too bad of salome not to have mentioned in one of her letters that her father was at andermatt if she had done that not all the king's horses nor all the king's men would have got philip to make that expedition to andermatt finding that his son-in-law was indisposed to converse the cheerful and loquacious colonel addressed the baby screwed up his mouth made noises offered his eyeglass to the infant but withdrew it when the child attempted to suck it from the baby yao glided into remarks addressed to the nurse asked her how long she had been on the road whether she was french or swiss what was the name of her home how she liked england etc regardless of the frowns of philip who at length to draw off his father-in-law from this unsuitable conversation said sternly pray how long have you been at andermatt oh several weeks i was there before my sal arrived i have no doubt janet wrote and told her i was there and filial duty filial duty one of the most beautiful and blessed of the qualities locked in the human breast in the human breast drew her to andermatt to make a fuller freer acquaintance with the author of her being than was possible in england in england when the carriage had passed the devil's bridge and the little chapel at the mouth of the ravine where the broad basin of fertile pasture opens out in which stands the village of andermatt a party of ladies and one gentleman was visible on the road two in deep mourning two in colors and three girls in half mourning huh exclaimed the colonel my family philip looked intently at the party he at once recognized salome and was satisfied that the other in black was janet to his great surprise he saw mrs sidebottom and the captain who that slender lady was in a light dress he could only conjecture if he had not been in the carriage with beeple yow he would have told the driver to stop and allow him to descend and greet his wife but the presence at his side of that man determined him to postpone the meeting he did not wish salome to see him riding beside her father as though he had made up his quarrel with him he drew back in his place and looked another way whilst driving past and salome who had caught sight of the well-known waving puggaree lowered her eyes Yao had his hat off and was wafting a salutation to the american lady then when passed he turned to philip and said you will do me the favor i know not to announce your relationship upon my word i don't want to be looked upon as a grandfather because i don't feel it young blood tingles in my veins the strange lady had stepped aside for the carriage to pass upon the bank near that side on which philip sat and he looked at her as he drove by looked at her with a feeling of aversion 
it was too annoying of salome to walk out with this questionable individual and meet him as he arrived thrusting her almost into his face on reaching the hotel imperial he had to undergo the annoyance of being taken in hand patronized and presented by bipol yao philip was a bad french scholar spoke no german and the english of the proprietor was not understandable till one got used to it philip asked for his room and said to himself there will be time for me to wash my hands and change my shirt the collars are limp not enough stiffening put in them they will not stand up ici voyez to the maid is there a boulangere no i mean a blanche sous in this place wait till my portmanteau is open i want to have five pocket handkerchiefs sent at once to the wash ici voyez soft water e pois de soda e washing powder when he had delivered over the pocket handkerchiefs and had assumed a clean shirt and brushed his hair and washed his face and hands he descended to the sala and asked if the ladies had returned from their walk no yet sir answered the porter how long before they do come back i sure i can not tell but to shuper sure very well said philip go and send for the nurse and the child they must be ready it will be said he to himself a pleasure to me after the first rapture is over to show salome that i have brought her the child when the nurse came in philip ordered her to sit with the baby in the veranda before the hotel the air was fresh but dry and delicious and the child could take no harm then he ordered for himself some claret and iced soda water it was inconsiderate of salome keeping him waiting he was anxious to see her notwithstanding the provocation given him why should she not have been there instead of going out for a walk no doubt she and her party had strolled to the devil's bridge waiter called philip which is the table at which the ladies sit when told he said i suppose there are seven covers eight sir the american lady sits there eight very well waiter i sit with them in future and the american lady goes to another table do you understand there is no place for her at the table where i sit presently philip heard the clear pleasant voices of the girls and the ladies outside and their feet on the gravel he started up and hastened down the hall but before he could reach the door he heard salome's voice partly raised in cry as of pain partly in extremity of joy it is it is it can be no other it is my baby how did she know it to the male eye there is scarcely any distinction between babies as one lamb is like another lamb and one buttercup like another buttercup so are all babies alike some have dark hair others are blondes but so among lambs and there are varieties of species in buttercups in the alpine pastures some are silver unwarned unprepared salome knew her baby knew it at once with a leap of her heart and a rush of blood that roared in her ears and for a moment dazzled her eyes she asked no questions how it came there she entertained no doubt whether it was her own her very own in a moment she had the little creature in her arms laughing crying covering its face and hands with kisses 
and the child also knew its mother had no wonder how she came to be there no doubt whether it were really she it thrust forth its little pats and held salome by the copper-gold hair and put its rosy mouth to her cheek salome exclaimed janet how can you be so ridiculous this must be some other child who could have brought yours here then philip appeared in the doorway but salome's eyes were blind with tears of joy and she did not see him she could see nothing but her child he spoke she did not hear him she could hear nothing but the cooing of her babe philip stood beside her and touched her on the shoulder do you not know me he asked are you not glad to see me salome stood still and released her child she was confused she hardly knew whether she were awake or in the most beautiful blissful of dreams well this is hardly the the salome do you not know me oh philip she gasped is it really you and you have brought me my baby oh how good how kind and she fell to kissing and hugging her baby again then philip finding himself put completely in the background condemned to a subsidiary part to that played by philip the little was offended and said with a slight tone of acerbity my dear salome be decorous give up phil now to the nurse a swiss young person and come take my arm philip said salome oh philip how good how very dear of you he felt her heart beating wildly against his arm as she clung to him at his side then she began to sob it is too great happiness my darling my darling pet and looking so well too you mean the baby yes of course philip she put her hand in her pocket drew out her kerchief and wiped her eyes by the way said philip how many had i how many what philip only this one darling i mean pocket-handkerchiefs all all have disappeared and i have been condemned to one i have come here to andermatt expressly to know what my stock consisted of conceive only one pocket-handkerchief left end of chapter forty one